the five. Garoppolo open McKinnon in for the touchdown. San Francisco. Green poster. We'll get the toss. And some pretty good space. Right away, San Francisco and Raheem Mostert. Are you kidding me? 80 yards all the way on the toss play. Garoppolo hitting out wide. That's Reed. And Reed trying to hurl his way in. Touchdown, San Francisco. Jones with pressure throw. Set up with great field position on the fake. Coming back. Ayuk's got it with blockers. Ayuk makes a cut. Looking for the end zone. And he's in. Touchdown, San Francisco. You are now listening to the Faithful Four Podcast. Welcome back to the Faithful Four Podcast. This is now take four of the intro to this podcast episode. Uh, it's very hard to start episodes, in case you guys didn't know. Day 69, since we've all been together, joining me today, uh, Adrian, Rohit, boys, how you doing? Doing great. Happy holidays. Happy holidays, everyone. Merry Christmas. And also, formerly known as Shanahan season. No, this whole time, he was not Kyle Shanahan. No, we were not lucky enough to get Kyle Shanahan to join this show. Instead... It is a guy known as Andrew. Andrew, what is up, man? What's up, guys? Sorry, I know some of you guys are fooled. I am not actually Kyle Shanahan. Um, but, you know, sometimes you just got to live with the discount version. So that's me. What's up? <laughs> Wait, the discount Kyle Shanahan? Wait, are you Cliff Kingsbury? Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, before we jump into your reaction if to the... If the ISIS owned kicker, then yeah, you'd be Cliff Kingsbury. <laughs> Before we jump into reactions about the Cardinals game, um, news today. We'll start with the uh, the bad news first. Brandon Ayuk, his rookie season is over. He suffered an ankle sprain on what he said was the third play of the game uh, against the Cardinals, and he will not play in the uh, season finale for the 49ers. So once again, a high ankle sprain robs the 49ers of a good player. So Again. <sighs> Where have we heard this years. before? You know, 2020 just had to get the last laughs. You know, the season almost over. We get a cool win over the Cardinals to maybe ruin their playoff hopes. And then 2020 is like, oh, shit, you thought it was done? Nah, <laughs> I'm taking your, your top rookie and, and I'm going to dip out. So that's what happened. Also, Trent Williams is also going to be out for this game. So no Trent Williams against the Seahawks. He has an elbow injury. So those are two early um, players who will be out for this game. But other than that, uh, a little bit on Ayuk. Ayuk's been fantastic. I know uh, Andrew was not a big Ayuk guy when he got drafted. He wanted Jerry Judy instead, but he has come around over time because Ayuk is a certified baller, and the 49ers finally have their wide receiver one. So we can clap it up for that. Good job, Niners. Good job. Finally got way, wide receiver number one. Five drops like yesterday. Yeah. You know, five drops. Yeah. <laughs> he did have five drops. I'd like to preface this by saying, yes, I was a huge Jerry Judy guy. I will not deny that. I was yes, too. He I hasn't was played too. well. I think most of us were Jerry Judy guys, and I think Jerry most of Judy, us are kind of... Yeah. Well, I actually wasn't that high on C.D. Lamb specifically, but more more on Jerry Judy, like, I think we're all surprised by his drops. Back to Brandon Ayuk. I wasn't not a Brandon Ayuk guy. I had 
I don't want to put it this way, but I hadn't heard of him until the 49ers drafted him. If I'm being <laughs> oh, same completely thing. honest. Same thing. So like, yeah, like I can go back to my top 10 receivers list and he was 10 and I just didn't do anything like about that at the time. But I've, you know, if you, if you look at his college film, I think looking like hindsight is 2020, I think we should all be shocked that we didn't like see it before. And his college film was good. He shows all the traits wide receiver. I think just being at Arizona state, uh, really yeah. wasn't looked at a lot, and just back to where we're at now, he has really, really shown up. Um, mm-hmm. I think to compare him to Debo Samuel really quick. Watching Debo last year, we always talked about him. He's like a run after the catch guy. He's like a running back, uh, set out wide. Compared to Brandon Ayuk, Brandon Ayuk is a true receiver. We do give him the end arounds, and we do give him some, you know, out of the backfield stuff. But he is a true number one. You put him out there, he'll be your guy, man-to-man coverage. He can be double coverage occasionally, and he catches the football all the time. So I think he had one drop like in this past game that we saw. like It was in contested coverage anyways, and that was it for really the entire season I've seen from him. So I, it's awesome what Brandon Yuka's done this season. Sucks that he had to get his ankle injury right now, but I'm really excited to see him next season. Yeah, I mean, to, to, to your credit, uh, Andrew, about the draft, I didn't know how to say his last name when he got drafted. I was like, who the is I? It's like, I yuck? I, Ayuk? I didn't know how to say his name. But, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's been a baller this year. He has proven that he is, like you said, a more legit receiver, a more receiver-type receiver. Uh, Debo Samuel is more of the running back-type receiver. Like, like you said, running back out wide. He's a running back playing wide receiver. He's even lined up at running back sometimes this season. Whether that be by design or the fact that our quarterbacks can't be trusted this year, that's, you know, to be determined. But, yeah, Ayuk and Debo is going to be a scary duo in the future. They can both stay healthy. I don't think Ayuk has as many injury um, concerns as Debo does. Debo had injury concerns coming out of South Carolina, and he's been injured for the most of this year. Um, all of it hamstring, I believe. So, could that have been because there was no training camp, no OTAs, um, no preseason, possibly? The players didn't get a chance to warm up their bodies. Uh, and then Debo had the, the broken foot before he even got to training camp. So he didn't get to train, I mean, participate in training camp much at all. So from that standpoint about Debo, uh, we don't know if he's injury prone or not. But Ayuk, uh, certified star. Certified star. It sucks we don't get to see him this last week to see what he could do against this uh, not very good Seattle secondary. But overall, it's a good rookie season. I uh, do not have the stats pulled up for him, but he was close to breaking the rookie receiving record. Uh, I think he would finish it in what third place behind Debo and Jerry Rice. So, you know, that's not that's not too bad. Not not a bad way to end. Yeah, yeah. I, at first, I'm like, at the draft, I'm like, ah, I'm like, is is that seriously the guy that Kyle was looking for? And then. I know a few people that are huge ASU fans. They're like, dude, you guys got the seal to draft. He's super good. Watch this tape. I'm like, all right. I'm going to give it a look. I'm like, I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, this guy's pretty good. Yeah, for me, it's uh, for me, it was just like his, like, just catch radius, which was just his catch radius. You guys have seen, like, his ridiculous catch radius, his fucking, his great athleticism. Like, he he has hops. Like, we've, we've seen, we've seen him hop over guys before he's a fast guy his route running is pretty clean he can beat man coverage pretty easily so, so yeah i i see him being the wide receiver one for this team and like not to discredit Debo samuel he's obviously a very good player but i think he's gonna 
he's just gonna be our gadget player for that wide receiver position. I I don't know. I think when when quarterback is figured out, whether it be Jimmy or somebody else, we'll discuss it a bit later in the show. I think yeah. he'll get more receiver receive more receiver reps. I think just the way this year has gone. They use him more as a running back for easier yardage because the quarterbacks couldn't be yeah. trusted. I mean, because for the most part, they both played with Nick Mullins and injured Jimmy Garoppolo. So they weren't going to drop back and air it out every play. They were going to try to yeah. run the ball as much as they could, whether that be with screens or with touch passes or actual run plays. So I think when the – I mean, we saw last year. He, could, he can play receiver. Oh, we yeah. saw it last season. So – when the when the quarterback situation gets figured out, I think we'll he'll get back to playing more receiver and we'll be all right. Yep. We have a, a cool duo with him and Ayuk. Yep. Other than that, that's a little bit on Brandon Ayuk since he's out for the Seattle game. But we'll get into the Cardinal game. Many people did not want us to win that game. I don't know if anyone here didn't want us to win, but there are some people who were upset with the W. But I said <laughs> on Twitter, I mean, these players are not going out there to lose games. You play to win the game. So they're not going to yeah. go out there. I mean, even if they're not playing for anything on the front, you know, with the season over, no playoffs, they're still playing for their name on the back. You put out bad tape, and you're losing money. So these guys are going to go out there, and they're going to play their hardest. Yeah. So they go out there and like, hey, how dare they win? They ruined their draft position. Well, <laughs> guess what? Fuck you, buddy. They don't care, okay? They don't care about the pick you want them to have. They don't care about the player you want them to pick up. So just go ahead, watch the game, and cheer for the players. And I had a yeah. great time watching that game. And oh, same. this Cardinals game proves that Kyle Shanahan is a wonderful coach. And Robert Sala is also a wonderful coach that I refused to accept for the longest time because he, was, he wasn't that great in 2017, albeit he didn't have the best talent. Wasn't that great in 2018. 2019, he got most of the credit for being for being able to you know just lead a, a stacked defense. He had one of the best defensive lines in NFL history. So I guess from that standpoint, people you know discredit him a little bit, but yeah. this year he really showed what he's about. This year, yeah. without Bosa and Ford for basically the entire year, but people know Richard Sherman for basically the entire year. People in and out of the lineup, having to you know sub guys in and out, acquiring guys late in the season, well, not late in yeah. the season, but trading for guys like Jordan Willis and getting guys like um, what am I forgetting his name? Deion Jordan and got and trying to get the most out of them. Kerry Hyder has broken out this year. Well, not broken out, but he's 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 been great for us this year. He had years years like this before, but he's he's been great for us this year. Just getting, you know, this top five defense production. I, I'm trying to pull up the stats real quick. I thought I had them pulled up, but I guess I forgot. Yeah, but I think they're still sure a, the Niners are like a top five defense. I think they're still a top five defense, missing all of the guys they've missed, and with the offense that hasn't done them any favors, they're still top five. They're top five in yards per game and passing yards per game. They are 6th in the league in rushing yards allowed. They are 16th in points allowed per game, but some of those points aren't even the defense's fault. It's more so yeah. the offense for turnovers and some special teams. So even from the points per game standpoint, from the points that they've actually allowed, I'm sure it's a lot lower than I that. I don't think the Niners have allowed an 100-yard rusher this season. Yeah, they haven't. Nope. And, and I want to go back to yesterday. Robert Salo... Like, he basically showed the entire NFL, like, defensive coordinators how to contain Kyler Murray yesterday. Or on Saturday, my bad, because they play on Saturday. Oops. But, yeah, he, he showed defensive coordinators how, how to, like, make Kyler Murray uncomfortable, how to how to catch him. Like, but, yeah, you guys saw the breakdown for that film. Like, he basically exposed Kyler Murray in a way. Yeah, I, 
I, I think the big thing that kind of really happened, like I didn't see the breakdown you're specifically talking about, but kind of like they contained him, right? Does you contain him in the pocket, and if you force him to throw, and I know it's a cliche that with mobile quarterbacks, so you just got to keep him in the pocket and force him to throw. With Kyler Murray, that's kind of what's working right now. Like he would miss some open receivers when he's forced to sit in the pocket and look around. He would miss some deep throws when he sees a guy that's wide open. His arm is like he's an inaccurate rookie. And, th- I mean, I'm sure it might develop over the course of the next couple seasons. But right now, if you keep him in the pocket and make his arm his only weapon, that's what it's going to win you games against the Arizona Cardinals. And credit to Salah and the entire defensive coaching staff for being able to coach the D-line to contain Kyler Murray. Because it's one thing to say that we're going to contain Kyler Murray. But it's another thing to actually do that, and they actually did that very well yeah, actually, and limited them. Yeah, actually, the most important part of that is that um, they stayed in their passing lanes and were disciplined and not re- didn't really get moved around. Um, I mean, Kobe, you I mean you were with me on um, with uh, Niner Wire Sam. Shout out to him. We um, we were watching the game together to break it and breaking down everything that was going on. And one thing that um, Kobe Sam and I pointed out constantly, especially in the first half, was that. Um, they're disciplined about maintaining their um pass rush lanes, which what allow which wasn't allowing Kyler Murray to actually you know not get that many yards on the ground, and there were a few big leaks early, but if you but in the second half nothing other than that um excellently designed fourth and two. Yeah, um, and credit to Jason Brett for basically shutting down DeAndre Hopkins. Oh yeah, like he, he put a, yeah, he on a touchdown pass. That D Hop usually catches like those like amazing grabs, like that touchdown he almost had. I'm like, I'm like, oh shit! I'm like, he's gonna catch that. And then Barrett, like, he, I, I, I almost say is Barrett is like really important. Like, I hope we bring him back, but they like, need to we have to bring so they many need to. players back. They need yeah, to get Barrett back because Sherman's gonna be gone. Yeah. Sherman's gone. I'm yeah. sure he's he's but, as good as gone. So Barrett has to come back. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see too much Jason Verrett praise for walking down like arguably like the best wide receiver compared the, to what happened in the year. first week. I mean, overall, from an overall entire game plan standpoint, this performance against the Cardinals was much better than Week One when we were fully healthy on defense, which is kind of surprising. Yeah, but well, well, to be fair, like no, no disrespect to Emmanuel Mosley, but he's 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 good, but you know. Against Mosley got bullied. Mosley got yeah, bullied by Hopkins bullied. all day. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's 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 the difference between him and Verrett, and you know, obviously Verrett's a first round talent who was one of the yeah. best. He was off for corner back in what twenty fifteen with the Chargers, and yeah. even uh, Akella Witherspoon, he's a third round pick who had a lot of likable traits compared to Mosley, who was undrafted uh, free agent. So really, it's just Mosley starting at all was a you know a big win for him. But oh, yeah. as far as talent goes, Verrett and Witherspoon are much much better corners, and Witherspoon, Can, yeah, and also also th- what this is what Mosley's third year in the league and didn't miss his yeah. entire rookie season because of injury. Yeah. Yes. So, and you have a guy like Jason Brett who's been in the league for a while. I mean, yes, he's been injured constantly, but you know, even when rehabbing, he's probably looking at film all the time. And whenever yeah. he is on the field, he's probably doing whatever he sees on film. And it's just like, it, you, there's a there, when it comes to like elite guys like Deandre Hopkins, um, Devonte Adams, um, even Michael Thomas, like, you, there's a certain bit of veteran savviness that you need to like to just really keep up with them, and yeah. that's what Jason Verrett has that guys such as um, Akella Witherspoon and Emmanuel Mosley on this team kind of lack is just that that veteran savviness. Yeah, 
And Akela Witherspoon has actually been playing pretty well recently. The last two games, he's been fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Like, borderline shutdown. I think, yeah, Jason Verrett, you know, I had my worries. I'm not going to lie, I had my worries coming into the season. Like, he's been injured. You know, players usually get these ACL tears aren't the same. But he's been, he's been one of the, like, one of the best cornerbacks in the league, just watching him. Like, he locked up DeAndre Hopkins. Like, that's, I think that's enough to say, like, yeah, this guy, this guy's pretty good. You can put him on, like, any wide receiver one, basically, and, like, he'll give you, like, a good game. I'll say yeah. this now. I want Fred Witherspoon to be the starting corners next year. I want them to bring both of them back, and I want those yeah, to be the starters. I, I, because I wouldn't mind that. Witherspoon has played two fantastic games against two very good receiving cores. This is like no fluke. This is, yeah. this is not like he's playing the Jets receiving core and playing well. It's just not that. He played the Cowboys, who have maybe one of the best receiver rooms in the league, with CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, and Amari Cooper. And then you you played, I mean, I'm sure, and Verrett and Witherspoon didn't switch sides. So I'm sure they, they both had snaps against D-Hop, and D-Hop didn't do much. So for Witherspoon to, to play as well as he did, and obviously that, that almost pretty much game-stealing pick he had in the end zone, like the ball yep. skills on that was fantastic. Like that was one of my biggest gripes with, gripes with Witherspoon was the fact that his ball skills seemed lacking. Like he'd be in position to make a play on the ball, and he just couldn't. And yeah. the last two weeks, he's been fantastic with, like, you know, with, the, with, his, ball, with his ball skills. So, I want Verrett and Witherspoon back for next season. I think Witherspoon and Verrett will be a, a, a pretty fine duo on the on the edge for yeah. corner going forward. Yep, yep, yeah. Mm-hmm. I I I don't know if it's exactly what I want next season. If it was going to be Verrett and Witherspoon, well, I'm saying you I know, as far as bringing them back, the guys you already have. Yeah, I I think that is the most likely that's going to end up happening, right? Because they they. They go cheap on corner. That's how this regime works. They focus on the trenches. They focus on the D-line, and they focus on the linebackers, and they haven't really invested in the secondary. The biggest investment they've made is re-signing Jimmy Ward to not even that huge of a contract and then giving Sherman his contract in free agency, which is pretty incentive-loaded and wasn't that risky in the first place. So I think the only issue with bringing back a Verrett and a Witherspoon is both being free agents. I don't know if a guy like... I don't think Verrett's going to get a huge offer from another team because of his injury history, and I think we'll bring him back. But a guy like Witherspoon, who's young, has all the measurables that you want. He's fast, has the length and height, and has played well. I wouldn't be surprised if another team comes in with a lot of cap space and is like, we need someone to play corner. We're going to give you a big contract because we can take that risk. So I'm worried that someone's going to do that with Witherspoon. I wasn't worried about it beforehand before these last two games, but you're right here. He has played very well the past two games against two really good receiving cores. He's shown what his third-round draft grade was based on. So I'm I'm a little worried that someone's going to offer too much money, and we're like we're still in serious cap trouble trying to resign Trent Williams and trying to resign Fred Warner. But I would I if I had to pick the best scenario for the 49ers, it'd be getting them both back on cheap-ish contracts. I just don't know if that's gonna happen. I could see Verrett getting a cheap deal, but yeah, I agree with the Witherspoon thing. Like teams are gonna look at the past like two two games, and be like, oh shit, this guy's this guy can show that he can play. He's young, he's pretty athletic, he, and he's been tackling great. Like last week. Or Saturday, he made like really clutch tackles. Mm-hmm. So teams are gonna look like that. I'm like, he's he's really athletic. So yeah, 
I think I think if we don't re-sign him, another team's gonna pick him up. Witherspoon is like the makeup of a corner you want. Like he's long, he's lanky, he's athletic, and he can he can stick with fast receivers. He's never really got burnt before. So like he's just he's just, he's the makeup you want from your cornerback. He can he can play against any receiver any receiver. So yeah, I mean, with that being said, he could get you know targeted by a lot of other teams who have more money than we do. So he could get you know stolen from us. Well, not really stolen, but that's how I would consider it. But yeah, yeah, it's possible that we who knows we, uh, we can't maybe get follows him. Robert Sala to his wherever next he team. goes. That could be a thing. That could, if I had to like pick someone right now, yeah, like. Yeah, like wherever Salo goes, I feel like Willisman's gonna go. I'm not sure, too sure about the rest of the defense, but yeah, I I feel like Willisman is gonna go wherever Salo goes if the Niners don't resign him. And I wouldn't be that I wouldn't be that mad if our corners next year are Verrett and Mosley. Like oh, Mosley yeah. has been. I think he, I think we can qualify him as I, I guess solid or maybe just like a little bit above mediocre, which is fine. When you have yeah, the D line healthy, Mosley's good. Like we yeah, saw it yeah. last I year, mean, the dude got us to the Super Bowl. Yeah, he he locked up DK Metcalf last year. He locked up Stephon Diggs in the playoffs last year. Like he he's shown he's shown that he can he can go out there and lock somebody up basically. He and, can lock oh, yeah. somebody up when you have that D line. Yeah. yeah, and he locked up Odell Beckham. On Monday Night Football. The other corner we need to bring back is K1 Williams because K1 Williams yeah. is one of the best slot, slot cornerbacks in the league and it never gets talked oh, about. Oh, yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. Never yeah. gets talked about. K1, and then as a tackler, he's fantastic. As a butcher, you know, as a for I mean, I think rush, last year he led, he led all DBs and forced fumbles. Yeah, sure K1 Williams is, is fantastic. I We need to, you know, prioritize bringing him back as well. If not, I, don't, I mean, when he's out, you know, the slot cornerbacks get – Toasted, like absolutely yeah. toasted. So it says he is. He was one of the first guys that Shanahan brought in when he first got here in 2017, and he should stay here until he retires. Yep. Yeah, uh, and to go along with that, like you said, there's a lot of guys in this roster that we're considering replacing over the next couple seasons that we found replacements for. Like for Richard Sherman, we found Verrett and we found Mosley, guys that can come in and replace him. Uh, for I don't want to bring him an old like Malcolm Smith who we signed to a huge contract or Quan Alexander probably a lot better example here we found Dre Greenlaw so they became replaceable we haven't found somebody that can replace K1 Williams Jimmy Ward can do it but he's playing free safety Jamar Taylor wasn't bad but he also hurt his leg pretty bad and he's older so yeah. uh, we haven't really found a guy that can really replace a K1 Williams so I think yeah. he should also be up there with the top guy which bring back same thing. I think Jaquaski Tart might be gone. Oh yeah, I don't think he's needed. Yeah. I don't think he's needed. I think Tavares I, more I, even I, okay at strong safety. And that's, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, more. And Marcel well, Harris so, too. Yeah, Harris has been fine yeah. too. I'm sure he, it's interchangeable. I'm sure they can even they can even find someone else to cover that role if they need to. But I don't think Tart is, is that important. Yeah. He's become replaceable, and when you're in a yeah. cap situation like this, even if a guy's good, if you're replaceable, you you gotta go. We're, we're in that stage of the team now where they have a lot of good players, but they have cap issues. So what you got to do is you got to find replaceable guys, and the guys you lose to free agency, their compensation picks, you got to make hit afterwards. So yeah, it sucks to see a lot of these really good players go that we like, but it's just yeah. it is what it it's is. football. It's business, you know? It's what you signed up for. Yeah. 
what else from this game? Um, geez, wait till Kyle Shanahan. Wait till Kyle Shanahan has a fully healthy offense, bro, with a with his yeah. top quarterback. Because the things that he can do on offense without the top, the best talent, like literally, if quarterbacks just didn't turn the ball over, like CJ didn't outside of the first half fumble. If if our quarterbacks don't that, turn the ball over, we normally win. That the was game. Mike McGlinchey's fault. <laughs> that fumble. <laughs> McGlinchey has one time a game where he messes up bad and something bad happens. Like it's like it's become clockwork for him. But other than that, he was he was fine in the game. Yeah, McGlinchey was pretty solid. I'll I'll go with you on he, that. He was pretty he, solid. That okay, I'll, I'll give him like rare praise. He he's good in run blocking, but his pass blocking is fucking. I'd rather watch paint dry than watch Mike McGlinchey pass pass block. <laughs> You're so harsh. You know, I I forgot who said it. Like, I guess a little devil's advocate here. Mike McGlinchey is again great run blocker. I think everyone agrees with that. And pass blocking, I think he might be like just mediocre. But when he whiffs, he whiffs yeah. really bad. It's like stuff that you can put in a clip and it'll get a thousand likes about how bad it is. <laughs> but the rest of the time, he's like, okay. All right, update on Richard Sherman. Uh, he just tweeted not long oh. ago. Uh, Evan Sower, uh, Sowards, Sowards, Sowards. Uh, he said, if this is Richard Sherman's last game at the 49er, I simply don't have the words to thank him to go from being a real, real life supervillain to being the leader of one of these, the best defenses in the 49ers history. Uh, utmost respect, a legend. And, and uh, Sherman replied, appreciate that. It was a blessing to be a part of this team. So for us saying that Sherman. Won't be back, but once again, he sounds like he's not coming back. So yeah, that sounds very yeah. cryptic. And uh, of course, in the NFL, you never know. Guys just say whatever. And I'm sure they've already talked. Like the front office and them have probably already talked and already found, you know, figured out they're not going to not going to be able to make anything work. Yeah. So this is probably like Sherman already knows he's not going to be back, and they won't say anything about it right now. But yeah, it sounds like Sherman's gone. So for anyone who's holding out hope that he'll be back, um, yeah. Stop. But hey, I, I, I love Richard Sherman on this team. I yeah, I did too. Uncle Sherman was the best. I'm. I don't want to talk about the game. I'm not gonna talk about that game. Talk about that game. Anyway, Richard Sherman is one of those players who is is already written in 49ers history as a villain, and somehow is also written in 49ers history as some sort of a hero as well. And I think he <laughs> might be one of the very few players in 49ers history to actually do that. The other one that comes out the top of my head would be Charles Haley. Yeah. Um, it's a damn shame. Yeah. It's a damn shame to get him a ring here. Uh, so, I mean, if Michael so Crabtree wasn't such a little bitch, I think he would not have done that <laughs> shit. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Okay, agree. Agree. You know, Adrian Slander might be the best in this podcast. I know. The way you set that I, up, I mean, okay, we were like... I, so... <laughs> I love Michael Crouchy, but dude, he was such a little bitch sometimes. Like, okay, like, he's he's telling you a good game, and he's going to be like, no, dude, fuck you. Like, come on now. I mean, and he got his, like, his, he he got his up, chain right? snaps on the field, too. So, yeah, Crouchy is a little bitch, isn't he? Yeah, he is. <laughs> and then he went to the Raiders. <laughs> what a bitch. And then he got the Raiders. <laughs> okay um also yeah as i was saying if shanahan gets a healthy offense like look out look out and also uh running the game when george Kittle plays is normally pretty well you know I, oh, yeah. we said Dude. before i think we i forget who i was talking to but we said before i'm pretty sure it's on the show 
that without Kido, the running game is absolutely terrible. So, yeah, the running game looking good again once he gets back was no surprise. And also, Jeff Wilson should be running back one, and Moser should be running back two. I don't think Moser has the body to to withstand twenty plus carries a game. I think he's yeah. I think he's better used sporadically. But Wilson, he's a tough son of a bitch. Like that man. Yeah, it, it'd oof. be like a really like. If Shanahan has a game plan where he's like, okay, we're going to run with the running back, like, I don't know, like, 25 times, I think Jeff Wilson's the guy. Should be the guy, with. yeah. yeah. But if Shanahan's going to go for the more pass-heavy type game, where the running back's going to get, like, 12, 15 carries, I think it should be Raheem Mostert. But, yeah. Uh, Raheem Mostert's excellent, but, you know, he's he hasn't shown that he can be a, a workhorse. He is injury-prone, yes. Yeah. He was best used sporadically. Like he, he got what like 10, 10 plus carries a game, and that's when he was at his best. Obviously, the, the outlier is the Ravens game and the Packers game, but those are the only two games that he got the ball more than what like 10, 10 times, 10, 12 the Packer, times. The Packer game, he got like like twenty four touches. I'm pretty sure. Only because he was like fucking sh- yeah, you know, he, shredding them. So, yeah. and then in the Ravens game, he was shredding the Ravens too. So that's why he got a lot of carries. But other than that, he hasn't been a work. He hasn't been a workhorse back ever. So no, I don't think that's the, yeah. that's the best yeah. one for him. And I think the thing is, a Shanahan offense usually works best when it's a running back by committee, and we kind of just were forced to have a workhorse because everybody kept dropping like flies. Yeah, I think that that's what Tevin Coleman was supposed to be, but you know he kind of sucks. So yeah, yeah Jeff, Jeff Tevin Coleman, the Jeff running back will either gets three yards on a carry or goes backwards for two. It's gotten to the point where Te- even like during the what we're doing the live reaction to the game, like me and Sam, <laughs> we're just like, "Oh, Tevin Coleman's in, yeah, it's going for negative one." Like, that, yeah. that's what you expect when he gets the ball. Yeah, and then and then one of the and then one of the um your one of the uh, rushes went for like three. We're like, wait, we wait, wait, Tevin Coleman ran for positive yardage. He got yards. Yeah, yeah if, Coleman. If 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 Jet or uh, Coleman's out there, I'm like, yeah, we're he's they're getting stuff. <laughs> it's not it's not really Jet's fault. Like Jet was finally good in the yeah. passing game in this game. He had a couple of uh, yeah. you know times where he got a first down, um, catching out of the backfield. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I mean, Jet's speed got robbed from him with those knee injuries. Like he was way mm-hmm. faster than what he what he showed this year. Yeah. And will he get it back? Probably not. He's getting older. Two knee surgeries, yeah. or was what's it? I think it was just one. We got it cleaned up. It again. was one knee surgery, and then he kind of just um had a setback in terms of recovery. Yeah. So yeah, yeah his his knees are his knee fucked him up and. Oh, it's, it, I don't, I don't want him back. It's not his fault. Yeah. It's just yeah, I'm, he's not what he used to be. We're, we're set at running back. We got Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert, and then we obviously see what Jamichael Hasty can do. And they'll probably find so, another another running back in the offseason that could yeah. take his spot. Yeah. So yeah, so we're set on we're basically set on running back already. At wide receiver, yeah, I, I think I think the team's pretty they're pretty set on that right now. I think maybe like a like a few more like. I think one more, one or two more receiver spots can be fulfilled, but yeah, wide receiver one and two basically said. Yeah, I think McKinnon is going to be gone as well. Same thing that happened yeah. with Coleman. It's just his knee injury. I it just took something away from him, which sucks because yeah. the, both of them were just so good beforehand, and they would have been so great in this offense. But I can't can't do much after you hear your knee like that. I mean, hey, yeah. it's it, it's not you with me, okay? It's not you with me. <laughs> we're not getting what we want from, from you. It's not your fault. You got hurt, but we're just going ahead and you know, we're gonna part ways. So, yeah, not I mean, you. It's not opinion, me. It's your knee. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in my yeah, opinion, we, we should roll with at least 
with the three runbacks we should be rolling with into next season would be um should be Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, Jamichael Hasty. And honestly, yeah. it wouldn't surprise me to see Jeff Wilson become running back one. I mean, yes, Raheem Mostert is a better player, but I feel like Wilson can handle the punishment of being yeah. a workhorse better than like, Mostert can. I mean, we, he runs so, he runs so fucking hard, bro. He runs yeah, so he fucking hard. Go ahead. You're gonna say, Adrian? Yeah, but yeah, we've seen Jeff Wilson play. He, the dude, runs like really hard. Like he, he'll just run through whoever. Like we saw in the Patriots game, and then we obviously seen this game. And yeah, when Jeff Wilson, when he has those like angle routes that Kyle puts him on, yeah, he's he's very effective in those as well. So in terms of like. If Kyle wants like uh, a game plan where the running backs are to get the ball like a hundred times, like yeah, Jeff Wilson's obviously running back one for that situation. It it, it depends on what kind of game plan Kyle's going to go with, realistically. Fun fact: take take a wild guess as who's the leading rusher on the 49ers for the entire season. Isn't it really it's, it's Jeff Wilson? Jeff Wilson. With really? 524 rushing yards. Him and him, him oh, and Mostert have about the same amount of carries and almost the same amount of yardage. Like they're almost like the yeah. their production is almost the same. So that should be that should be your one two going forward. They should have to keep Wilson yeah. for sure. Yep. Absolutely. And uh, we will now get into everyone's favorite section, uh, everyone's favorite segment of 49er podcasts and anything Ooh. 49er related. Quarterback talk. We all love it. We all live for it. We all die by it. You know. It's the whole thing. So, today, Kyle Shanahan <sighs> talked a lot about Jimmy Garoppolo because he was asked, you know, about Jimmy Garoppolo, so we had to talk about it. And basically, a summary of this tweet is from Rob Lauder. He said, a summary of Kyle Shanahan's uh, comments on Jimmy Garoppolo. He said he expects him to be the quarterback in uh, 2021. He also said nothing is certain. He said he's not expensive. He's a proven winner. He still believes that he can get better, and the team will look into every option. If they if they can upgrade, they will. So basically, they said his options are open. There's still a, there's still an option when Jimmy Garoppolo comes back and he plays for the Niners next year, which I believe was always an option from the beginning. But at the same time, really, like this is just coach talk because I'm sure they're going to look to upgrade. He's not going to say if they can't upgrade because they definitely can't upgrade. There are people out there who they can acquire, who will perform better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Not a knock on Jimmy, because he, he's a starter in this league. But there are people out there who can perform better. So And they can't upgrade, because they'll have a pick to do so. They can trade their pick for a veteran quarterback if they want to, if a guy like Matt Stafford's available, or a guy like... If if Kyle still loves Kirk Cousins, which I'm not the biggest advocate for going to get Kirk Cousins, but if Kyle is still infatuated with having Kirk Cousins on this team, it's possible. Or if they want to trade up in the draft to get a rookie quarterback they like a lot, um, that's also possible. But it's also, I mean, like you said, Jimmy has proven that he can win this league. And Kyle has proven that he can win with him. They got to a Super Bowl. We might be pushing Jimmy out the door a little too quick. Like, the possibility of him not being here is not as high as people make it seem. That's all I I really got to say about this. Um, With the quarterback situation, I I do see Jimmy being – being a starting quarterback next year, but that doesn't mean that we're in the draft. Like we, we always have, I think we have a strong possibility, like maybe like, I don't know, like 60% chance that we take a rookie, let him learn the system. Uh, and then depending on how, on how Jimmy plays, like Kyle's going to be like, okay, 
I'm gonna let the other guy, you know, you know, see what he can do type stuff. Like it's gonna be, it's gonna be like, in my opinion, I think it's gonna be like the Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes situation, a, a, a bit. But yeah, I I do see Jimmy being the starting quarterback. I, it the O line's really just gonna have to step it up because you know. That high ankle sprain he got versus the Jets wasn't his fault. That was like, that was a late hit. I don't think that was even the offensive line's fault. Even that was just a late hit when he got that ankle ankle sprain. Yeah, I mean, like people say Jimmy's injury prone, but I feel like some of these injuries are just kind of bad luck, like the ACL. Like, could he have weak the, ligaments? The, like, possibly, maybe. But I mean, the ACL thing was kind of. He he should have ran out of bounds, but or sl- slid, but yeah, it it was it was kind of his fault, kind of not, but yeah. I mean, sometimes yeah, he was just... trying to get more yards. That's why he cut back in, and that yeah. and when he cut back in, that's when he tore his ACL. Yeah, he was at a weird angle. Yeah, like, he was already heading out of bounds. He tried to cut back in I mean, the last second. I mean, that's why he tore what, it. What people like, what some 49er fans like, don't I guess don't look back is how like I I know it's kind of like the the safety net for Jimmy, but like. I if you guys obviously seen how twenty seventeen Jimmy played like those like five five games like he much different quarterback he wasn't the most mobile guy but he he wasn't the most mobile guy but he can extend plays he can sidearm it he like he looked really good out there and that's that's why Kyle was like you know what give that guy the money because he can do what the quarterbacks I had like C J Beathard couldn't do and then injuries are like oh shit so. Yeah, that totally wasn't his fault because injuries, like, they really messed up your play. And even even coming back from injury, Jimmy wasn't so bad. He he was top five in touchdowns. He had more touchdowns than Patrick Mahomes last season. Okay. Just a fun little fact. He, he, he did. <laughs> Mahomes did miss games, but I, I yeah. see where you're going with that. <laughs> yeah. Also, I mean, the injury-prone like thing, in the injury thing, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, there were plenty of times where he got hit. Hard. There were times where he got bent over, kind of weird last season. That he he got back up and he was fine. So is he as, is he as injury prone as as we think he is, or some people say he is? I don't think he is. I think he just got unlucky numerous times. But I mean, it is what it is. But as far as his play, um, yeah, there are limitations. His deep ball isn't the greatest. He's not going to challenge a court a, a, a defense deep. And but he's best, you know, over the middle. He's his quick release makes up for times when maybe other quarterbacks can't get the ball out. He can still make a play when there's pressure in his face. Now that maybe did he get figured out towards the end of last season? Maybe that could have happened to him because in the playoffs he wasn't that great. Could have been nerves in the playoffs maybe that caused him to play um, uncharacteristically bad at times. Maybe no, but he's shown that, like Shanahan said. He can win uh, in this league. He is a starter in this league. He's not as expensive as people say he is, but you can save a lot of money if you do, you know, part ways with him. But if they do keep him, it's not going to be a killer because the cap, I think it's been said earlier this year, it will remain the same for next season. So it's not going to go down like many anticipated. And so if he's back next year, I'm not mad. Some people will be mad if he's back next season. But if he's if he's back next season and Kyle still believes in him, I'm not mad. You know, Jimmy can win games in this league. Him and Kyle have shown they can win games together. With all that being said, uh, yeah. get someone better. 
Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Honestly, regardless of position, if you don't have the best player at your position, you can always improve. So you always see teams that are always scouting at positions that they may not seem like a need, simply because, hey, is there a dime in the rough that we could think is better than what we have right now? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I... It's always hard to move on from a quarterback that isn't at the end of his contract and didn't get benched and is just injured. Um, mm-hmm. But, and, and like, what, like we talked about, Jimmy is a good option. He's a starting quarterback in the league. They won games with him at quarterback. Um, and with all that said, he, he's been here since 2017. And last season, he was all right. Threw for 27 touchdowns. Um, but... You know, watching him play, a lot of it, a lot of run after the catch, a lot of easy yeah. completions. He did flash. Yep. There was some good throws in there. There was some maneuvering in the pocket. But since the ACL and watching him this year, he just is not. I, I think your your place your place is opportunity for Kyle Shanahan. You've been here since 2017, and you have an opportunity where there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks moving around this year. You're going to have. Older players like Stafford and Ryan, who might move teams. You have a ton of dudes in the draft. If this is the time where you replace your quarterback that's all right, but not great, this is when you do it. And you have so many options to choose from. The contract isn't that bad that you can't move off of it. And his value is still there a little bit if there would be some miracle where a team would want to trade for him. So I get that he said that he'll be on the team next year, but of course you're going to say that no matter what. Yeah, it's Coach Talk. You can't I say, honestly oh, yeah, don't get know. him off of this team. Get him off this team, I don't want yeah, him. He's not going to say that. There, is, there was no chance Kyle Shanahan was going to respond to whatever question he got there saying, I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the quarterback of the team next year for obvious reasons. But this, looking at it, it just, he should, this is the time to move on if they want to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo. And in my opinion, at least, this is when you should do it. Having a great quarterback there solves so many problems for you. I can't imagine what Cal Shanahan went through this season trying to game plan with Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard at quarterback. I can only imagine how like irritating that must have been. But <laughs> if you can, you have a situation right now in San Francisco where the offensive line is not that bad. I think they are slightly above average. They're really good at run blocking, uh, pass blocking. Adrian can let you know how they are at that, but the rest of it, <laughs> it's a great situation. They have a great wide receiver, one, in Brandon Ayuk. They have a great guy in Debo Samuel who will get you easy completions and easy yards after it. They have a really good running back group, and they have the best tight end in the league, along with the best offensive player caller in the league. Yeah, They're I mean, really... Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, if they didn't have... The pick they're going to have, or the cat, or the just the, the assets they're going to have in the offseason to make a move at quarterback, they probably wouldn't. Mm. Like if they were a playoff team this year and had like a what a pick in the twenties or something like that, or a pick in the thirties to go back to the Super Bowl, they probably wouldn't be moving off Jimmy this year. But the fact that they are going to end up either six or ten, six and ten or uh, seven and nine, that's why they're going to have a high pick. So with a chance to get better at quarterback, someone said it earlier today. Jimmy Garoppolo is like the new Alex Smith. He's good enough to keep, good enough to win games with, but if you can do better, you should do better. So that's where we're at with him. If we didn't have the assets we're going to have this year to potentially get a better quarterback, then this talking point might not even exist. But because we do have the pick to get 
are potentially one of the top QB prospects or possibly go get something, get someone like Matt Stafford in, in the offseason. That's why it's a talking point. That's why it's a possibility. And that's why it's being discussed. That's basically what it comes down to to me. Mm-hmm. And then one last, one last thing to add on to my point. I was thinking about this a little bit earlier. And like, if you guys are listening and then the rest of the guys here, if you try to think of a quarterback recently that was placed into a situation where he had good talent around him, a rookie quarterback, where he had good talent around him and had good coaching in an organization that believed in him and then busted afterwards. And I spent a little time looking at today. There's very, very few examples over the last 10 years of that happening. The quarterbacks that have busted either were drafted number one and number two and had really bad teams around them. Um, or like a Jameis Winston or Marcus Mariota, those teams around those guys were not good in 2015. Or you had a situation where they had really bad coaching around them. Either the coaches themselves were bad, like we're looking at Sam Darnold right now, or you had just a coaching staff that didn't believe in them. Like Dwayne Haskins, Jay Gruden did not want to pick Jay, uh, did not want to pick Haskins. He was forced by the ownership to do that. And Ron Rivera didn't pick Haskins in the first place. And there was a coaching change in between that. But, you look at the quarterbacks that were placed into really good situations, um, a guy like Mahomes or Watson, they had talent around them, at least for Watson to start off, and they had – I don't want to call Bill O'Brien a good coach here. but <laughs> He's not. Play calling-wise – wasn't terrible. He isn't – he – the you could do worse. You could do you could worse. do worse. He was the thing with Watson coaching wise is that he had mediocre coaching. I will call it mediocre. It was stable. He didn't have a coaching change like year one, like a lot of these guys have. And he had talent around him. Like Bill O'Brien's a horrible general manager, but he wasn't that bad of a head coach. Like they went to the playoffs a couple times. So yeah. base all the quarterbacks that have succeeded at least had a good situation around them, or they were generational guys that could make it work. But out of the quarterbacks that busted, there was something wrong. There was no talent around him in the situation to start off with. The coach didn't believe in them and was forced to pick them, or they just had bad coaching in general. So with that or, said... Or, or they or they could have been part with the quarterback themselves. I mean, we've all seen that too. With guys yeah, like but, Ryan Leaf, Jermichael Schultz. I mean, don't, I mean, obviously those are the more infamous ones, but... There are probably a few yeah. names that are probably missing here and there that have slipped through the cracks because they've been out of the league for God knows how long. But like, uh, I'd say 95% of quarterbacks you draft in the first round, if they're not going to succeed, there was an already existing issue with the situation they were put into. And most of the time when you put a rookie quarterback over the past 10 years into a good situation, they're at the very like bare minimum going to be a little bit above average. Basically, what I'm trying to say is that at the bare minimum, if you pick a rookie quarterback and you put him in a situation like we're in, their minimum is going to be Jimmy Garoppolo. So if you look at it that way, there's no reason why they shouldn't move on for a rookie quarterback if they can. Like, if we're going off this assumption that you can't find a situation where a rookie quarterback is worse than a Jimmy Garoppolo when they have great offensive talent around them and they have really good coaching then there's no reason why you should keep Jimmy Garoppolo in the first place. Because the only thing that could change is you get a better quarterback. So there's obviously risk in drafting a rookie quarterback, but it's about the least risk you could have in the situation right now. I mean, as far as the team goes, the team has talent on offense. You get Kittle, you get Debo, you get Ayuk, you get Mostert, you get 
Wilson potentially. You might even keep Reed. And you get Kyle Shanahan as your fucking head coach. Like, like, come on now. Yeah. And then you have a great front office. Like, they're going to, like, since they've gotten here, Shanahan and Lynch have done a great job keeping this roster stacked with talent. So, from that standpoint, yeah, the people, I mean, not the people, but whichever quarterback is up on this team has great pieces to work with around them. So, yeah, it's, it's nowhere near the same as when you get picked up by the Jets or the Giants or one of those, one of those dysfunctional franchises like the Browns or something like that. And you're stuck with them for, for years. So that's why those teams can never get it right because the quarterback is selling to a, a team that has does not have the means at all to, to help them out. So yeah, any any quarterback we get, whether whether a rookie or a veteran, they're gonna have great pieces around them to work with and a great coach to work with. And it'll be a much different result than I mean, it'll be more like the Chiefs. More like the Chiefs than any any other team. Yeah, ex- exactly. So uh there's I could I could easily see the quarterback the 49ers not move on because along with defensive back that's kind of the position they've been pretty conservative with over these three years and I know it's quarterback's a different position to invest in heavily but over the past three years they really haven't so I could see them not moving on but you put a guy like okay so if they sit at where their draft position is right now I'm guessing it's going to be around pick 14 whether we win or lose somewhere around there you're gonna if you don't move, you might get a guy like Mac Jones. Um, and if you want to move up a couple spots, you might get a guy like Trey Lance. I don't see a situation where you put a Trey Lance, Mac Jones, or Kyle Trask in this offense and they don't end up succeeding. And that the bare minimum what they do is they give you Jimmy Garoppolo on a much, much cheaper contract. I think this team would win a Super Bowl or at least be in a much better position if you had a guy that could play like Jimmy Garoppolo, but instead of getting paid Thirty million, or however much he's getting paid, twenty-five million dollars a year right now. He was getting paid like one million. So at the bare minimum, you're really helping the team out a lot. That's at least what I think they should do. Do I think they'll do it? I have no clue. All right, that's uh, that's quarterback, huh? <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, pretty well. I mean, it's, it's it's a rough topic that gets people very sensitive. I said, the, I, I mean, I said on Twitter that Jimmy Garoppolo might not be here, and I got blocked. So that's how people feel about <laughs> about you know quarterback. It, it's a rough topic, I know. And the emotional aspect of it, the 49ers were not looking to do a lot of quarterback. You know, Kaepernick was gone, uh, and also even towards the end of his his tenure in San Francisco, he wasn't the he wasn't bad. He wasn't the best. He was starting to to decline a little bit. Or maybe they asked him to do too much that he wasn't good at. That might also be the reason. I remember, I think, going into the 2014 year, they changed up the playbooks, changed up the play calling, did more passing stuff with him rather than doing more, you know, read option and that kind of. He's not like a passer like that. He's better off, you know, as a, as a dual threat quarterback. But, yeah, he was gone, and Hoyer was terrible, and C.J. Beathard was terrible. And then Jimmy Garoppolo comes in, and he goes 5-0. and And it's like the – it's like real, like – Claimed as the best six and ten, six and ten team ever, because of how yeah. we finished that year. People were like, "This team should probably be in the playoffs this year because of how they finished the season." And then twenty eighteen comes, and you know he, he has that 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 week one. He has a yeah. mediocre week two. He has a rough start to week three, but then he starts leading the comeback against the Chiefs that went on to the go to the AFC Championship game that year. And then the fourth quarter happens late in the fourth quarter. He tries to get extra yardage and ends up tearing up his knee. Mm-hmm. And so 
know, he's out for the whole season, and then the team sucks again, and, you know, Beathard is terrible, and Mullins is like, is this okay at times, and other times he's terrible. And then Jimmy G comes back, you know, in the last year, and he goes 13-3, and yep. takes us to the Super Bowl, yep. and we go within six minutes of potentially winning that game. And if we win the Super Bowl, the discussion around Jimmy Garoppolo and this team as a whole is just completely shifted, but that didn't happen. We lost. So, yeah. like, the emotional aspect, like, Jimmy Garoppolo, for the most part, did what we thought he could do and did what we needed him to do until those final six minutes, those final two drives where we couldn't get anything going when we needed to and they ended up costing us the game. But, I mean, like I said, it, and the first, first thing we said that what I wanted to say earlier was uh, Eric Crocker. I'm sure most of you know him. He said Jimmy Garoppolo is Alex Smith. You know, if you can do better, you can do better. But if not, he's good enough for you to win with. Like like I said earlier, I mean, the Niners should definitely try to upgrade a quarterback because if they do, like, the potential of this team is just scary. But if they can't, maybe it costs too much. Maybe they think if they address this instead of that, maybe they think if they address offensive linemen, like interior O-line, or maybe they think if they get another pass rusher in, onto the team, or maybe they think that they you know, bring another corner into the team that'd be better off, and maybe they draft a rookie quarterback later in later in the draft, like maybe get a, maybe get a Mac Jones second round, something like that, and develop and develop him behind Garoppolo and Garoppolo starting next year. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. Uh, if Garoppolo is still here, I want them to have someone else just in case it doesn't work out. Just in case maybe he has declined, you know, past or not not declined, but maybe been figured out. Maybe his play isn't is no longer you know, what we need to get to a Super Bowl. Hopefully they have another guy already in place to, to maybe who can get us, a, get us to a Super Bowl. But if he's back next year, like, people will be, some people will be furious. I will not. I mean, he's he's won in this league. Our record with him when he plays is, I mean, we all know, it's much, much, much better than it is when he doesn't play. So, obviously he's shown that he can win. But at the same time, if you can do better, you do better. So, yeah. That's where I'm at with that. Yeah. I think that's uh, I think that's about it. About it. Any, yep. la- any last everything. thoughts before we uh, get out of here? Mm-hmm. No, I, I'm just looking forward to the off season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, this last game. I mean, I was happy. I was kind of. This will be an entertaining to... off season, to say the least. I, I feel like yeah. there's going to be a lot of pissed off people in the draft. The 49ers like, are about to make a very, very, very crucial decision. Like. Yep. Quarterback is nothing to play with. Like so, whoever they go get, like if it's, if it's the, if it's the wrong like, answer, oh man. I feel like a lot of the Jimmy G lovers are gonna be pissed. <laughs> you know, just, just I hope like, they are. Just for the sake of, <laughs> I actually would enjoy seeing people upset Bro, about Jimmy being gone. I, anytime I I got blocked by somebody. I ever got? I, she said, <laughs> I gotta read the message again. I. Was, was it? You know, is, I, is it that one girl that I think I think we were both talking to her that one day? Yeah, on she timeline. she called me a Raiders fan. She's like, "You're a Raider, you're a Raiders fan. That's why you a hater." And I was also like, "Yeah, I think I think you know potentially you know I forgot what I posted. Oh yeah, I posted like a Zach Wilson edit, you know, just to mess around. And then she's like, "No, nah, we're not taking Zach Wilson." And then I posted that Grant Cohen clip. She said something so like dumb. It was like she. She oh said Zach gosh. Wilson's overrated, Grant's an idiot, blah, blah, blah. And Jimmy's then, a stud, something like that. And then I pissed her off by saying, 
No, stand the goat, Grant. Posted that fan cam someone made for him. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I remember that. I remember that. <laughs> and, and then she DMs me, you're, you're a Raiders fan, that's why you hate her, and then she blocked me. Yeah, I yeah when I, tw- when I tweeted, it's it's kind of fitting since all three quarterbacks might not be back next year that all of them have started the game. She said, Nick will be gone, but Jimmy will not. And then went to read the comment and to reply to it, and I said I was blocked. So I was like, damn. <laughs> she blocked you too. I guess you got tired of my shit. But then again, I, I guess she's blocked a lot of people because it's not like me and you were yeah, the only I, ones. She <laughs> she likes the Ravens, the Eagles, the Niners, and the Bills. So, I mean. <laughs> yeah, she does. Uh, uh, she, uh, don't be is, one of those people. She's in love her with Jimmy's is, face. That's all it is. She's in love with Jimmy's face. Yeah, I think. Yeah. And we don't. I don't think we need to drop her name on the podcast. Just no, we're not. Yeah, we're not. Yeah, no, just, no, no, no. You no. see somebody that likes four teams I just listed, you'll you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. I, I, I haven't deleted that DM because I think it's so funny. <laughs> yeah, it's a touchy topic. People every day say, yeah, the 49ers should do better than Jimmy Grapple. They're like, Jimmy took us through a Super Bowl. It's like, listen, there's more to it than that, okay? Like, there's yeah. more to it than just when you play. The reason that, you know, I tell people this. The reason that Kyle wins with Garoppolo is because he's a starter. He's a starting yeah. quarterback. Mullins and Bethany are not starting quarterbacks. That's why he loses with them. Because they're backups. Yeah. They're good for a short span. If you give if you you tell me if he if he can win with Garoppolo, if you give him Stafford, or if you give him a guy with a talent like Wilson or, or the talent like Lance or the talent like Fields, you tell me you can't win with those guys? Like come exactly. on. I'm just hearing Justin Fields might be a bust, but we never know yet. He'll be a bust because okay. of the wrong team. Because he, won't, he won't be a bust with, with Shanahan. Yeah, like, but, but you know, I, I just feel like, like so many people are like, oh, he's going to be such a bust. But that, people said that about uh, Justin, Justin Herbert. Herbert. Yes, yeah, he they said that about Herbert. TD. If he goes to the right team, Fields would be yeah. fine. But if yeah. he goes to the wrong team, like, yeah, I think the Justin Jets Fields somebody. will be fine. I mean, if he goes to the Jags or the Jets, which he won't go to the Jags because the Jags got the number one pick. How about the Jets though? Winning back to that game and throwing the number <laughs> one pick away. I mean, I mean, here's the thing: it it, it it has provided us some excellent comedy. Yes, and also they could be our ticket to getting Zach Wilson too. If they're going to trade out that number two, that number two spot, they could have helped us by helping themselves, well, by hurting themselves. So, who knows if that ends I, up? But, I mean, here's okay. the Well, we're worried about the draft when we get there, but for now, let's just appreciate the comedy that the Jets have provided us for butt-fumbling their own tank and somehow butt-fumbling into winning against the Rams. And then the Browns <laughs> had no receivers, so they beat the, the Browns. And so. somehow, the Rams losing to them is an even bigger butt-fumble. Yeah. <laughs> I there, there were people before the Jets beat the Rams that were, like, predicting a Rams-Browns Super Bowl. I saw someone tweet that. <laughs> and there were like the, it wasn't like something like everyone was laughing at them. They were uh, a consensus of yeah, it might happen. And then the Jets beat, beat both them of them. Beat them. Yeah. So just speaks to how random the NFL can be. Did uh did Adam Gates win his job back? <laughs> no. That that would be the bump, most bump, Jets bump. thing. No, no. Here's the thing. If anything, he get fired for ruining the tank. Robert Sala, the next coach. I'm asking their GM. It's like, hey. No, 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 no. Let's not wish that on him. Come on. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. <laughs> Let's at least do something to work with. Alliance. Who was the Jets GM? <laughs> Hang on. Jets uh, GM. Fuck, I forgot his name. Joe Douglas. I, yeah, I mean, imagine yeah, Joe he, Douglas is like, you know what? We beat two I mean, teams in winning records. I mean, we, Joe we beat Douglas two playoff pretty, teams. I mean, he's a pretty good GM. He, he 
basically robbed the Seahawks. <laughs> yeah, they, they he traded he got he got two first round picks for a pass rusher. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible in coverage, but can get un- Jamal Adams is a is a undersized linebacker, bro. He is his coverage. Like is not, not to hate on him, I think I think he's a great player, but like he's terrible in coverage, but he, he can We said this and yeah. uh, before the season started, we discussed yeah. it. We talked about like he's gonna be like a linebacker for them, a linebacker slash yeah, pass yeah. rusher. He's not. He's not. Dude, good, just he's wait not to pay him. He's gonna want that linebacker or the defensive lineman money, dude. He plays defensive lineman, linebacker, and safety, so he should get paid like <laughs> for all three times. Yeah, he's gonna pay, he's like gonna like Bill said, lot. like like on Bill said, he's like I'm a running back one and, and a spot receiver. I want that exactly. kind of money. Yep. And he didn't get it. So, well, he did end up getting it, just not yeah, as much as. From, the Jets. The Jets. Yeah, that worked ideal. out pretty good, right? Yeah. The Jets barely even used that guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jamal Adams has, like, oh my gosh, or Seahawks fans, like, like, he's so good. But, like, most of his sacks, not to hate on the guy, they're, it's a blitz. they're like, they're, they're, yeah, they're blitzes. They're wide open. The, 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 like, yeah, no one blocked open. Yeah. It's like, like K1. It's like saying K1's the elite pass rusher. Every time he yeah, blitzes, he gets like, there. Yeah, he blitzes. Like he should get seen, there. I mean, we've seen Julian Edelman cook Jamal Adams. It's not that Smoked hard to him. Ate yeah. him alive out there on that field. All right. Enough rambling. Um, That's it. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, We are back. All four of us are back. And we are ready, locked, and loaded for this final game. We, we, uh, we're we going to have a post game. I mean, not a post game, a free game. Thursday, maybe. Friday, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But it's Seahawks week. It's something special, and we're bringing in the new year. I mean, yeah, it should be. It should be something. It should be something. Hopefully, we can start twenty twenty one on the right foot. Um, dude, I hope <laughs> the YouTube channel will be up by New Year's, so we could have a New Year's special stream for the Niners, uh, potentially. Not promising, but keep an eye out for uh, on. Uh, Shit, I forgot to post the socials. Okay. All right, here we go. I forgot too. It's been so long. <laughs> I forgot we had those. <laughs> okay. Uh number one, follow us. I am at Big Kobe. We got at RocketsCanon71. We got at Dr. Adrian Perez and at Andrew Takes W's. I'm saying that correctly. Yep. Okay, yeah. Andrew Takes W's. And then follow the podcast social at Faithful4Pod. On both Instagram and Twitter. Go ahead and do that now. Okay, you did it. Okay, cool. Alright, that's it from us. We may or may not see you on Friday. But just make sure you keep an eye on those socials. To, to, so, so you know. So you don't miss it. I have been me, Kobe. This has been the Facebook 4 Podcast. Yep. We'll see you guys later. Go Niners, be Seattle. Peace.